My name is Padraig Tuma, and poetry is a strange thing. It often is a private act written alone, but yet it's written for the possibility of being read or recited in public. And so poetry asks us to make public what is very private. And what is a more worthy thing for both private and public attention than love? Poetry invites us to make public the deep loves of our lives. My Bone and Flesh of My Flesh by Ellen Bass I can't always refer to the woman I love, my children's other mother, as my darling, my beloved, sugar in my bowl. No, I need a common utilitarian word that calls no more attention to itself than nouns like grass, bread, house. The terms husband and wife are perfect for that. Hassling with P, G and E or dropping off dry cleaning. You don't want to say, the light of my life doesn't like starch. Don't suggest spouse, a hideous word. And partner is sterile as a boardroom. Couldn't we afford a term for the woman who carried that girl in her arms when she was still all promise, that boy curled inside her womb? And today, when I go to kiss her and she says, not now, I'm reading... Still, she deserves a syllable or two, if only so I can express how furious she makes me. But maybe it's better this way, no puny pencil stub of a word. Maybe these are exactly the times to drag out the whole galaxy of endearments. Buttercup, I should say, lambkin, mon petit chou. Set down war and peace just for a moment and lift your ruby lips to mine. And talking to the dishwasher repairman, the vacuum cleaner sales clerk, the woman in the Blue Cross billing department, I could explain that I'd already sent the co-pay for my soulmate, my duckling, my chocolate-covered cream puff. Maybe it would lighten her day too. Hello, I might say, you precious, you jewel, oh queen among queens, darling, honey pie, angel. My sweet patootie. This poem presents the realisation that language to refer to people who are in partnerships with each other is on the one hand functional so that you can talk to somebody at the end of the phone line and say, no, no, it wasn't me, it was my wife or my husband and in a way that that's going to make sense. And so there's the functionality of that. And yet this poem also highlights the fact that even functionalities need to be sufficient to recognise love in public. And I think that is so brilliant, the way that this poem continues to turn over the possibilities that language holds in order to say, let's search for something that works. And then it expands beyond it, too, because in the last verse of the poem, we're thinking of the woman in the Blue Cross billing department. 
and um, the speaker of the poem is speaking to her and it's suggesting that it would brighten this woman's day too. And hello, I might say, you precious, you jewel, oh queen among queens. And who is the speaker speaking to here? Is it about her wife or is it about the woman in the Blue Cross billing department? Or is it about every woman? Is this a poem about affection and love in language between people who might not be lovers, but who need a bit of love in their life in the way that we speak to each other? So this poem's final moment really turns towards the world and asks the possibility of what would it be like if our language towards each other was filled with the deliciousness and playfulness that this kind of language implies from the poem. bone and flesh of my flesh is a biblical term that you see in the Garden of Eden. It's what Adam says the first time that he sees Eve in the second chapter of the book of Genesis. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And later on, two men say to each other when one meets an uncle for the first time. So it is a recognition of shared humanity. It's a recognition of love. It can mean something erotic as well as mean something familial. It's a beautiful title. And this poem is political. It was published in Ellen Bass's book, The Human Line, published in 2007. And that was before the Supreme Court had validated equal marriage across all the states of the USA and possibly before many individual states had done so too. And as a lesbian, Ellen Bass's um, relationship would not have received acknowledgement or safety. And you might have been up to the individual responses of a particular person on the other end of a phone line, whether that's for insurance or for getting a piece of equipment fixed in the home or any way that you're dealing with a professional. How do you make easy reference to your partner, your wife, your spouse, however you want to name that? And there's politics in the public recognition of this. I think there's defiance in this poem too. And part of the defiance is saying that for everyone, perhaps more presence of more loving words could be used. And she's saying that maybe the absence of the pencil stub of the word husband or wife, I suppose she's indicating, or wife particularly, the absence of that pencil stub of the word is a good thing to work with. And I think she's also asserting maybe we don't need whatever equal marriage looks like to fit in with an inherited version about what marriage looks like. Maybe we can define what love looks like in public and in so doing, in declaring it to the woman in the Blue Cross billing department, it would be a joy and a declaration as well as a question of, are you loved like this? And that the gift of equal marriage for an entire society is exactly that. The public recognition of these relationships is a gift to the entire society because it elevates the question about what love looks like in public and elevates the answer in the lived experience of couples who have been full of love and faithfulness and life towards each other.
I think that the line where Ellen Bass's wife, certainly she doesn't want her to be called partner or spouse, but her wife, her duckling, um, replies, not now I'm reading, shows the ordinariness of long-term love and the kind of things we say to each other when we're in long-term relationships. And um, it shows the ways within which this is the level of love that we're speaking about. People have been with each other long enough that that's the ordinary thing um, in the way that we can talk to each other. And then the frustration and fury that we can have towards people who we love from the depth of our heart too. And uh, I think that is a beautiful piece of humour within it. And I think suddenly lots of couples who've been together a long time will recognise that in the midst of loving each other deeply, there can be everyday furies that we also curate in ourselves. Often enough, I'll call Paul Gromachri, which is Irish for love of my heart. Or you can say Cushlamachri as well, which means um, pulse of my heart. And I love how language presents poetic opportunities for ways of speaking towards each other. Um, I have um, regularly been in situations where somebody might be speaking to me and might say something like, and will your um, friend be coming along? Now, I love the word friend and I love my friends, but it's such a piece of power for my partner to be called my friend by somebody who won't acknowledge it. And that suddenly becomes very powerful. And I think this poem is circling around that very powerful recognition of the public acknowledgement and validation that people love each other, whether they're in a formally recognised, politically acknowledged marriage or not. The recognition of that relationship is vital. And so many of us are used to that relationship being castigated. I was going to say demoted, but I mean, friendship is not a demotion. Hopefully within the context of loving relationships, we're friends also. But to just call your lover your friend is a way of taming it into something that makes sense for someone else, but actually denies the reality for many people. I looked up other terms of endearments in other languages and um, ghazal in Arabic means my gazelle, beautiful. And we hear some French in the poem, mon petit chou, which means my little cabbage. German has a lovely one called mousebear, meaning mouse bear, a lovely combination of something small and something big at the same time. And I think in Spanish people say mi celito, my sky or my heaven. So, so many languages have beautiful ways of speaking towards each other. In French, you can also call a person that you love dearly, my flea. There's all kinds of explanations about that. But I think I like the fact that it's strange. And sometimes we turn to strange things to express our love for each other. My duckling, for instance, or my honey pie. Some languages turn to something magnificent and other languages turn to something really, really small. And it's interesting to see how different languages do that. I think this poem invites us to think about the power of language and how language can serve to silence or to eradicate or to erase or deny or to elevate and acknowledge. And even within those denials, people survive with defiance and they can raise language to an even better level of acknowledgement and public celebration about what love looks like, especially when that love and that dignity has been denied.
of my bone and flesh of my flesh by Ellen Bass. I can't always refer to the woman I love, my children's other mother, as my darling, my beloved, sugar in my bowl. No, I need a common utilitarian word that calls no more attention to itself than nouns like grass, bread, house. The terms husband and wife are perfect for that, hassling with P, G and E or dropping off dry cleaning. You don't want to say the light of my life doesn't like starch. Don't suggest spouse, a hideous word, and partner is sterile as a boardroom. Couldn't we afford a term for the woman who carried that girl in her arms when she was still all promise, that boy curled inside her womb? And today, when I go to kiss her and she says, not now, I'm reading, still she deserves a syllable or two, if only so I can express how furious she makes me. But maybe it's better this way, no puny pencil stub of a word. Maybe these are exactly the times to drag out the whole galaxy of endearments. Buttercup, I should say, lambkin, mon petit chou, set down war and peace, just for a moment, and lift your ruby lips to mine. And talking to the dishwasher repairman, the vacuum cleaner sales clerk, the woman in the Blue Cross billing department, I could explain that I'd already sent the copay for my soulmate, my duckling, my chocolate-covered cream puff. Maybe it would brighten her day too. Hello, I might say, you precious, you jewel, oh, queen among queens, darling, honey pie, angel, my sweet patootie. My Bone and Flesh of My Flesh comes from Ellen Bass's book, The Human Line. Thank you to the Permissions Company on behalf of Copper Canyon Press, who gave us permission to use Ellen's poem. You can find a link to the poem in our show notes, along with Podrick's guiding question for this episode. Poetry Unbound is Chris Hegel, Aaron Colasacco, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Gotham Shrikishan, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen. And if you want even more Podrick and poetry in your life, visit us at onbeing.org, where we've recently launched an entirely new way to experience poetry. Listen, watch, or read hundreds of poems from our collection. This podcast 
is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.